Gather your geek. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend, Shay, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode number 10 of the Scary Your Pants Off, Our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we set up camp in Ohio. So, uh, how you doing today, Shay? So, I'm good. I, I got some news that is either really good or I'm going to be very angry, and I'm not sure which way it's going to go. So, have you heard the rumor yet again that sometime in 2024, we're going to get a Beetlejuice 2 with Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder? Have you heard that? I have heard the rumors here and there in the past year or so. Like, just, you know, not too, too much, but that we are going to get a Beetlejuice too, but I, um, beyond that, I haven't heard too much. So my problem with this is, and this has been 10 plus years now, probably that I have been teased with this. I have these fan-made posters and I know they're fan-made, but there was one point in time where I believe it was thought to be heading towards being set in motion. And it, and that's and that was super exciting and I got my hopes all up and I was like yes and then it didn't happen and then it happened again and then I got my hopes all up and then I got and then I got let down and then it happened again and again and again and again and again <laughs> now supposedly so Eric my 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 dear sweet Eric keeps trying to talk to me about the supposed and I'm saying supposed still because I'm not falling for it again you people I. I'm not falling for it. He keeps talking about how this movie's going to come out, and he wants to talk to me about it so bad, but I can't. I can't. I have to. I need to see one trailer on TV first. One trailer on TV, and then I will believe it because I've seen all of the stuff that we're seeing now. I've seen the rumors. I've seen the IMDb page. I've seen all of the garbage, and it makes me so angry because Beetlejuice is probably in my top three favorite movies of all time and this is supposedly gonna be Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder and and um Wednesday Adams oh Jenna Ortega is gonna be Lydia's daughter supposedly and I don't believe it. I do not believe it. I refuse to believe believe it until I see it on TV. So but if it's happening that's fantastic. I just can't believe it. But I I I hope it does. I love Beetlejuice always have I think Jenna Ortega would be great as, uh, like, uh, basically Lydia's uh, daughter. I mean, she kind of is this generation's Winona Ryder, I feel like, for, like, our generation. And, God, I love Winona Ryder. Um, so I really hope it happens, but I get it. I get your... your uh, your frustration because it's like you know you, how many times can you have the the 
the rug pulled out, you know, from under you and get, when you get so excited for something. So, but hopefully it does. Cause I, like I said, I have heard the rumors. I heard Tim Burton's involved. I heard, um, pretty much anybody from the first one that can be involved aside from that, the dude that was also in Ferris Bueller that's got himself into some trouble and stuff, he wouldn't be in it because he's not a good dude. Um, yeah, well, Alec Baldwin, I don't think he'd be in it either. Uh, you think Alec Baldwin is? Oh, really? No, Alec Baldwin? I don't think so. Um, but on top of it, so Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis play the Maitlands, yes. and they're ghosts. Age, and we're going thirty-ish mm-hmm. years away. There's time's gonna do what time does. There's no way. Yeah, they and, can still be a thing convincingly, you know. Yeah, and that de aging that they've done, like in when they did it in The Irishman, it doesn't work as good as like mm. like when it was was it Pacino or De Niro or one of them, and they and he I walks down to it was Pacino, yeah, I think so, and uh, you know he walks down to fight the guy, and yeah, his face looks young, but he still moves like an eighty year old man. He, you can't, you know, he still walks because he's a freaking 80 years old. So, yeah, it's not, that's a good point. And so it probably wouldn't make too much sense to do that. So, but I hope it, I, I mean, I hope we get it because I love it. I love Beetlejuice. So good. I'd like to see the musical. Um, I haven't yeah. seen that yet, but I, I hear it's a lot of fun. So that'd be cool. So something I want to do at the top here that we don't do very often, but uh, I want to tell our listeners that during the haunting today, there is brief mentions of physical, psychological, and sexual abuse. And I just want to give that warning if that makes you uncomfortable or... um, or if you listen around children, you don't want them to hear these things. Uh, I want to let you know that we do briefly. It's not, I don't go into detail about it, but it is part of the story. And I just want people, to, you know, I want to be respectful and let them know at the top that uh, maybe skip the haunting if that's not, if you don't want to hear it or, or um, listen, don't listen at work or whatever. So I know we don't do that often, but in this episode so that's a good warning yeah you know it just i i i get it i listen to a lot of podcasts at work so i get it you know that you you might not want there to be around people to hear that stuff so all right well unless we got anything i say we jump in here time for the cryptic I'm happy to. My cryptid is exciting. Oh, all right. I'm going to talk today about the Loveland Frogmen. Have you heard of them? No, but I'm very excited (laughs) because I love love humanoid cryptids. So, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's short. But it's it's kind of adorable, but it's yeah, it's it's short but interesting. Now, in 1955, a man saw three creatures, and he said they were about three to four feet tall, 
and they had leathery skin and frog-like faces. And they were standing around and having a conversation with, with one another. Now, he said that they had a wand that they waved over their head, which uh, would scare passersby. So I'm picturing that, and I'm not sure if they're holding a wand with their hand, but in my head, it's a, it's like a little like antenna thing stuck to the, the top of their head, and it's like spinning. It's like the cutest thing. It's like a little beanie propeller for some reason. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, on March 3rd in 1972, uh, an officer saw it fully illuminated in his cruiser's headlights. And he said, it, again, it was three to four feet tall. And that it was roughly 50 to 70 pounds. Uh, he said it crouched like a frog and then stood up and stepped over a guardrail. So it can seems like it can walk like a frog, but it can also walk like a human, humanoid. Um, now, two weeks later, uh, another officer uh, shot and killed a creature meeting the description of the previous officer's identification. Uh, he said he identified it as an iguana that lost its tail. And different stories have said that the creature hopped into the river where it washed away or that the officer recovered the body and confirmed it was a creature. So not sure which one of those happened, but more things seem to say that the body washed away rather than was taken by the police officer. <sighs> I've said this before, people, and I'm going to say this every single time. Stop shooting at these things. If they're not attacking you. Listen, if they're attacking you, they're attacking your home, they're trying to get you, they're trying to eat your babies, whatever, shoot them. That's fine. For the love of God, if it's not doing anything, you leave him alone. He's just trying to go home, probably to his family. And his little baby frogman or baby whatever, and you're shooting at it. That's mean. What if they did that to you? You wouldn't like that. So, you know, perspective people. <laughs> now, one fun fact about this cryptid is that there was an actual musical made called Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> Love that. Yep, I will be. I will be trying to find some clips of that at some point. Maybe we'll try to share them on our on our Facebook page because, wow, I'm so intrigued. Yes. Um, now, in 2016, uh, a, a guy and his girlfriend were playing Pokemon Go. I don't know who else plays that. I know I play Pokemon Go. I'm not ashamed of my nerdiness. I embrace it. I love Pokemon Go. Um. <laughs> They saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. For anybody who plays Pokemon Go, not in the game. They saw one outside of their phone. Now, um, they said that it was not in the game, that it was an actual giant frog. This is a quote. And then Jacobs took some photos in a short video and said again, uh, then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs I realize this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave, this is the truth. The frog stood about four feet tall when they returned, and then when they returned to his grandmother's house, her parents told them the story of the frogmen. Now, in 2019, an artist created a song called 
hot damn, it's the Loveland Frog. So there's more, and you will probably end up hearing that at some point in time on our Facebook page in, an, in one of our little uh, social media things that uh, the wonderful Eric does, thankfully. And um, on top of it, the man, the officer that shot at the, the frogman um, eventually came out and said that it was a hoax, that he lied, that it didn't really happen, and that what he shot at was, in fact, a large, sticky iguana without a tail. Now, iguanas aren't sticky, and there's a pretty definitive difference in shape, size, texture, everything between an iguana and a frog. They're not they're not even close to the same looking thing. So that's that's what I have for the level and frogmen, but how how'd you like that? I'm obsessed now. So like I said at the top, I um I love a humanoid cryptid. I love just there's I don't know. Something about a humanoid cryptid I I I just really love. So three could you imagine seeing a three to four foot long frogman? Fifty to seventy pounds. That awesome. Yeah. That would be so cool. Uh, I, and I would not shoot at it. What's that? And I would not shoot at it. No, no, no. So in the first ten minutes of this episode, we've mentioned two different musicals beetlejuice the musical and now the the frogman musical so i love that um so uh what does sticky like uh, a sticky iguana like what does sticky look like that i'm confused by i'm assuming they meant i'm assuming by sticky they meant slimy because i I don't know how you could see and I'm assuming it was just like it had like a like a gloss to it, like a sheen to it, like it was oh, slimy and therefore probably sticky. So it it's stupid. Okay, that makes sense. So because I was so, like I'm listening, I'm like sticky. Like how the hell is he seeing it sticky? Um. So another thing, I just it kind of dawned on me, and it has nothing to do with why do we always swear on our mother and grandmother's grave. You never say, I swear on my, my father, you know, it's always my, these, these poor women, you know, they do everything for us and, you know, right. and, and then we're swearing on their graves. Don't do that guys. You know, <laughs> but no, I loved it. Um, and again, don't shoot at cryptids. I, like you said, if you're protecting yourself, your family, something like that, obviously do what you got to do, fight, kick, whatever, you know, but don't just open fire on things. That's just a weird reaction, especially nowadays. Um, I love how recent some of them are too. It's like these, so it's, yeah, no, a great, great choice. Never heard of it, but I, 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 it's one of my new favorites here. I'm glad. Awesome. All right, well. Do we have anything else on the on the love and frog man? I don't think so. I'm excited to hear about your your uh, your hunt for the day. Time for the hunt. All right. Well, you know, I have the hunting, and Ohio has a lot of great ones. Um, you know, and you know your normal, you know, asylums and. Um, jail houses and prisons and stuff like that or you know they have but 
I went with the Sedumsville Rectory. Have you heard of it? I've not heard of that. Okay. So I hadn't either. And I, I, part of the reason I picked it too is I don't remember. We may have done a church, but I don't remember us doing a church. So, and I was like, oh. I feel like, I feel like if we did, it's maybe once, but I don't ever recall doing one. Yeah, I don't either. Like you said, if we did, maybe once. Um, so that was another reason I picked it, but it's a great story. So Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and that's H-E-L-P, help, um, just because I know sometimes sounds like health or something, but Our Lady of Perpetual Help was built in Saddamsville in 1878, with the rectory being added in 1891. It would provide religious services for the sleepy town of Saddamsville for over a century. But this place of worship has a dark and seedy past, according to many. In the late 1800s, beloved priest and author, Father Donald McLeod, and the book he wrote was called The History of Roman Catholicism in North America. Well, he would meet an early demise. On his way to bless a very sick woman, he was struck and killed by an oncoming train very near the rectory. This we do know for a fact. It actually, this did definitely happen. And since then, people have claimed to see his spirit on the street near the rectory entrance, on the steps to the rectory, and on the train tracks near the church. Some time would pass without a tra incident or tragedy after Father McLeod's death, but it would not stay this calm forever. So, separating fact from fiction on some of the stories from the late 1800s through the mid-1900s has proven tough. And, uh, you know, we try to use as many resources as possible when researching our shows, but many of the sources uh, gave con contradictory accounts or, you know, left certain things out. So I'm going to give you what I, everything going forward, I it was, is usually on a couple, at least in a couple of the sources, but maybe not all of them. So you guys kind of be the judge on, on what, you think it's true or not. So at some point in the 1930s or 1940s, Sedum's Bill Rect, uh, the church, their Our Lady of Perpetual Help, became the church where the diocese sent problematic or bad priests. Um, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church had a history of this, that if, there, if a priest ran into some trouble for whatever reason, they would, you know, usually try to move them to another area, hoping that would alleviate the the problems. Most often it didn't, but that was the idea, you know. So some of the reasons these priests were moved here are, but aren't, are not limited to physical abuse, theft from their former parish, breaking their celibacy, and sexual abuse of minors, primarily boys. Unfortunately, according to some, 
This move did not deter the priests from their behaviors, but rather emboldened them. It is believed the physical and sexual abuse worsened and that these priests actually would start a gambling ring with wagers being placed on dog and cockfights. Jeez, I, I, uh, animal fights, I uh, hate that so much. Dog and, I just, uh, it makes me sick. Um, yeah, no, it's messed up. Again, how much of this is rumor and hearsay is tough to tell, but we do know for a fact that charges were brought against one of the former priests for sexual abuse against children. And on his deathbed, he would admit to molesting several children while he resided there in the 1950s and 60s. Um, some have even speculated that he may have even killed one of the boys because the boy threatened to tell. Many believe that the apparitions of a priest and a battered and bruised boy are these two individuals. And in some of the accounts, the boy supposedly has a, a noose around his neck, with the belief being that the priest hung the boy and covered it up to look like a suicide. And within the, the Catholic religion, I am told that suicide is a mortal sin and and you guys can fact check me on that i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i i believe that's the research i said said that suicide is a mortal sin within that religion um there are also claims of hearing disembodied barking and clucking due to the dog and cockfights makes me sad um the parish would finally close in 1989, and in 1995, John Klosterman purchased the property from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati with plans to rent the property, rent the properties. Uh, former tenants Tim Brazil and Terry Scott will go on to claim it is quite the hot spot for paranormal occurrences and is actually the home to a demonic entity. Uh, they would actually contact and be featured on three paranormal shows, Haunted Collector, My Ghost Story, and Ghost Adventures. In the Ghost Adventures episode, they call in Father Jack Ashcroft for a blessing. The show tried to portray it as a full-on exorcism, but according to Ashcraft, it was just a blessing. He said the blessing does contain a minor exorcism, but the show tried to make it seem so much more dramatic and tried to make it seem like it was a full-on exorcism, which it was not. According to Terry and Tim, as soon as Father Ashcroft started reciting the prayers, they began to hear growling. Terry would claim to feel like she was being shoved while she was walking on a stairwell. Supposedly there was lots of banging and knocking sounds and all that were in the building smelled a really pungent sulfur smell. Supposedly, as the blessing continued, Tim began to act out of sorts. 
and became very agitated by the priest. He began to feel nauseous and began yelling that the blessing was bullshit and yelling at Ashcraft to leave. Tim would eventually storm out of the building to try to clear his mind of the negative energy. Many believe, uh, the ghost hunters and the people that were witness to this, believe that Tim became demonically oppressed when the demon latched onto him due to the fear of the priest and the power of God. After an hour or two, it is said that he would calm down and start to feel and act normal again. So, not much more to the story that I'm going to go into, but I'm going to talk about some more of the haunts slash sighting sounds, whatever, that were heard. Um, people have claimed to see the curtains moving from the inside when no one is near the windows or even in the building. Uh, there's reports of footsteps and empty rooms. Uh, reports of shadow figures at the top of the staircase when you're standing at the bottom and vice versa. So they're at the bottom when you're standing at the top. Uh, shadow figures moving across the hall from room to room. Uh, two of the uh, investigation teams have claimed that they got really, really great video evidence. There's claims of people being like touched on the arm, back, or back of the neck. Claims of the body getting really, really hot and, and breaking out into hives. And finally, there is a claim by one of the investigators, and there are witnesses to this, of being scratched in the form of an upside down cross, which is normally associated with demons or Satan or something like that. So that is what I have for the Sedumsville Rectory. So really good job, by the way. Obviously, first off, good job. Um, it, I feel like I have a lot of things. Uh, first of all, anybody, you do something to a child, you do something to an animal, you are the lowest human being there can be. You, I, you shouldn't hurt anybody. You, you hurt a child or an animal. You're garbage. I don't. I, I don't care what your belief system is or anything like that. You are the lowest human on earth. Um, now, I I like it was a great story. Being like probably possibly at least our first church story. It was a good one. It was very unsettling. Uh, very sad about the um the priest who died uh in the getting hit by a train. Cause it didn't sound like he was one of the ones that was. No, he was supposed to be very beloved. He was, yeah, yeah like the he be like, according to like as I'm reading through these sources, he was like essentially like the mayor of the town. People just loved him, came to him for everything. He wrote that important book that was a bestseller, and yeah, he was not one of the bad ones. Yeah, and that and that's and that's a shame because you know, frankly, it was one of the bad ones stepping in front of it that maybe wouldn't have been the worst loss in the world. Yeah. Now, I <laughs> anytime someone and I I'm aware that this is unpopular opinion, but anytime I hear anything about ghost adventures, I immediately discredit anything I hear in it. If I hear it somewhere else, I might believe it again. But I hate ghost adventures. I the way 
very in particularly Zach Baggins approaches spirits, ghosts, people is so disrespectful. It drives me nuts because he walks in there and he's flexing his arms every five six. Good. I'm very happy you have muscles, but come calm down and do what you're there for. But he's so res- disrespectful of them. Like he yells at them and he like and he goads them into trying to get them to do stuff, not realizing, first of all, they're not gonna like them. And second of all, if you are angering something, you're then leaving that place for whoever lives there or for whoever has to stay there or be there after angering it. So yeah. I'm not shocked to hear that he exaggerated the exorcism thing because that's what he does. That's really interesting. I've never seen that show. I, I have never really seen too many of any of these ghost hunting shows. I just never, really, never really my bag. Um, so that's really interesting to hear. I, uh, I did not know that about him in that show specifically. You're right. He's uh he's he's very self-important, uh, but um, it's it's funny because um, it's it's crazy to me to to because I remember like hearing about it and reading about it, stuff like that, like how much they they genuinely seemed, or at least I hope they genuinely seemed to think that moving these people around was going to solve a problem. I, I hope they genuinely thought it was going to change them, and that's why they did it, not that they just thought, you know, moving a problem around to hide it, which unfortunately is what it more seemed like. But um, it's, I, it's a shame that it wasn't stopped sooner. And I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I, I kind of, the way I worded that and, and how I had it in my notes were different because from everything I've read, it is more about hiding it and just moving the problem and kind of, uh, uh, kind of hoping it goes away, you know, cause obviously they don't want it, but they're more worried about the bad PR and everything that comes around it. Um, you would, you know, you'd hope they're moving him to hold, you know, but that's the impression that I, I got from a lot of the research. It was just to kind of, hide the problem hopefully you know they were just trying to hide it which is unfortunate like you said very unfortunate yeah oh, that was good yeah. though yeah it was it was tough like i said i try you know i wanted to be respectful to people's beliefs and everything like that i don't know much about religions it's just never been my thing not like my grandmother's super religious but or not like super, but you know, went to church and stuff like that. But like I, we didn't really as kids or anything. So I don't know, but I tried to, I wanted to be respectful because, because, you know, so. All right. Um, I believe you have a strange encounter. Time for the strange encounter. I do. So this one, this one is, so I know uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about, or I talked about the, the Little Green Men of Kelly, which mm. is right up there with my favorite. This is absolutely right up there with it. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Portage County UFO chase. Have you heard of that? I have not. So this incident was extremely public and likely inspired the interstate UFO chase scene from Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. All right. So it started on the morning of April 17th in 1966. Uh, Officer uh, Spar, it's S-P-A-U-R. So I apologize if I'm 
mispronouncing that, but I can't seem to find how to pronounce it. But S-P-A-U-R. So Officer Spar and Neff observed a metallic flying disc in the sky. They chased the object for about 30 minutes. Several other officers were involved in the chase and several civilians reported it at the same area at the same time. So it, this is widely seen by numerous people. Um, at least seven officers participated in the chase. And at one point in time, Spar was instructed to fire at the object, but he refused. Good for you. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's not doing anything. It's running away. So, you know, thank you for not shooting at it. Um, <laughs> now, we've heard this name before. Uh, Project Blue Book uh, determined it was a communication satellite and then decided that it was the planet Venus. Of course. Yeah, because <laughs> that lines up. Um, the explanation was called ridiculously inadequate and wide criticism, widely, sorry, and widely criticized and led some people to consider the Project Blue Book to be a failure. And Project Blue Book would stand firm on its findings and not change what it said. Now, several of the officers would go on to have a bad life after this chase, but none worse than Spar. Uh, Spar was ridiculed. He lost his wife. He lived in destitute. And eventually, he would break his back in a mining incident. Now, this is years later. He broke his back in a mining incident. And in the hospital, the nurse would not stay alone with him because she felt as though he acted in a way that seemed like he was possessed by an alien now i it doesn't seem as though she knew who he was or knew about what was going on or what had gone on so for her to say that is extremely incredible and he was acting very erratic and he was he was just not acting normal i guess you would say um now the final report by Pod project blue book was worded in a way that made it seem like he was actually the only witness and disregarded every other officer and every other claimant in it. So it solely fell on him. So this this need to debunk things that maybe shouldn't be debunked that way destroyed this man's life. But that, that's all I have for for this UFO one, but uh, for the strange encounter, but it's it was incredible and sad and uh, but really interesting. Okay, I have a lot. So, with it, first of all, I love that the tie into Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What a great, um, great film. Uh, so I've never heard really of anybody being possessed by an alien. And I really, really liked that because I've never heard of it. And like, it made me think of the show Resident Alien um, because he's in the human body, but he's not possessed. He's killed the guy in Resident Alien and just, you know, and then is able to like sort of reform his body and all this stuff. But it did, it, it made me think of that. But I just love that little detail because I've never heard of anybody being possessed by an alien. And, uh, and we've heard about, you know, aliens, you know, communicating telepathically and people feeling like the alien was in their mind while they were communicating, but never to the mm -hmm. point of, of a possession. So that was really cool. So these cover-ups 
these cover-ups half the time make these stories because they are so insulting and it is a shame what they did to this once respected man this officer spa or whatever you know because by you know discrediting or discounting every other witness and then this guy's life goes you know becomes really tough because of that and that's just that's awful and then the 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 cover-up that it was a communications oh no never mind it was planet venus what I go back to last week's episode with the swamp gas. I mean, it's it's sometimes it's almost like they're coming up with purposely insulting things to just thinking that it's going to further discredit these people and and make them come across as a Yahoo. And it does because some people just believe what's in the paper or whatever is being reported and. It's unfortunate because, first of all, communication satellites or planet Venus are completely different things. And yeah, sometimes in, in the night sky, if a planet is close, it's it looks like a star or something. But come on, come on, yeah. it's uh, and um, something a little thing I just thought of tying back. So this happened in April of 1966. If we go back to last episode, in in Ohio, if we go back to last episode in Michigan, it was, the strange encounter happened in March of 1966. Michigan and Ohio are really close. And I don't know if you remember, because it was just like a, I, I did a brief mention. They talk about how it was, there was a number of sightings in the weeks around the big sighting that I talked about in my episode. So I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but there's a lot of, a lot of little coincidences right there. You know what I mean? It's in the same sort of month time and the same year, the same part of the country. Um, so I, I, to me, adds a little, a little more, or not, or it's, you know, validity to both of them now that, you know, and they're right in that area. So, no, I thought this was, I, that was, a, that's one of my favorite ones that we've discussed personally, because that was really, really good and really, really interesting. I do feel bad for that spar guy. That's, yeah, ugh, just, and to the point the nurse wouldn't be in the room with him that's that's wild that's wild because she possessed by an alien I, I i god i wonder how he was acting i would love to see like how he was acting for her to be like no he's possessed by an alien that's yeah. you know what i mean he had to be acting pretty freaking bizarre so yeah no great choice great great i love that I'm super intrigued by that connection now, though. That's like that's that's living in my brain, and I'm gonna wanna I'm gonna probably dive into that a little bit more after. But that's intriguing. Yeah, yeah it was like I, I right as you were finishing Rita, I I, I I thought or no, as you started it, and I and I heard the date, I'm like, huh, and then I'm like, wait a minute, Ohio and Michigan are right there. So I like when we can do that. We've done it doesn't happen that often, but on a few occasions we've been able to tie. We actually did that with a strange encounter in the first season where you had tied one back to one that I had talked about, and um, in in a pretty cool way. So 
Yeah. No, that was a great choice. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you. Well, uh, we got anything else for him today? I think that's all I have. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us. And be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in Nevada. So until then, happy camping, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.